Today we continue a series uh, that we're doing on the foundations of our faith. And I think the first text we're actually going to get to is over in the book of Genesis chapter 39. If you want to open up there. As we're looking at, at, at some of the basics, basically, of just being a Christian, you know, uh, Sunday mornings, uh, we've been going over things that I, I think we would consider to be maybe more doctrinal, right? And so we went over on, on the Bible, the Trinity. Uh, last Sunday, we went over Jesus, God the Son. And Lord willing, this Sunday, we'll go over the Holy Spirit. And so I'm excited about that. And then on Thursday nights, different guys have been coming in, and it's been really cool. Uh, I, I know Pastor Ray did uh, a study on devotional time, and Pastor Henry did one on fellowship. Last week uh, was worship, and, and tonight is going to be stewardship. And if you put all these things together and you begin to put them into practice, you're going to find that you're going to grow as a Christian. You know, and, and stewardship uh, is something that's really important for us. And so... You might ask, well, what is stewardship? We're going to give you guys uh, basically three main points. What is stewardship? Just the fact that we're all stewards and we're principles of stewardship. And so, first of all, there's that question, uh, what is a steward? If this is something that's important to me as a Christian, if this is something that's uh, one of the fundamentals of our faith, if I'm a steward, then tell me exactly what is a steward. And so basically, a steward is a person with the responsibility and authority to manage the property and supervise the servants of another's household. You know, the person is not the owner. Uh, they're just the steward. And basically, when you go through the scriptures, you're going to find uh, 25 references in the Bible to stewards. Uh, from Genesis chapter 43, 16, all the way to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And so you, you see it a lot. You'll see it uh, in, the, in the household of the Egyptians, that there was a house manager, you know, a steward. You'll see it in Abraham's house. You'll see it here in, in Joseph's life, and you see it throughout the scriptures. And then in the New Testament, they take that concept of an individual who was given that authority and the responsibility to rule over a house uh, as something that then we as Christians, all of us then, are, are called to, to be as well. And so, you know, I don't know if you guys, uh, how many of you here like surprises? I'm just curious. I remember, uh, was it my 50th birthday? I got a surprise party. Oh, man, I was surprised, honestly. It was just crazy. You know, so sometimes there's some pleasant surprises. Other times uh, they're, they're, they're not. There's a saying that life is full of surprises, right? And so... Uh, one of the things that's so cool about being a Christian who reads their Bible, maybe going to a church that is willing to teach you all the different things, is that we're getting you ready for one of the most important days of your, of your not just your life, like I guess you could say your eternity. You know, think about eternity. Think about how long that is. And I would say there are probably like a handful of days that are the, the most important days of all. Maybe the, the day you were conceived or, or maybe the day you were born again. Uh, maybe the day you, you die or whatever, you know, you go to heaven, we're raptured. Those are important days. But there's another day that we're, we're trying our best to get you ready for. And that is the day that you stand before Jesus Christ and you give an account of your stewardship. It's called the Bema Seat. 
You know, and the last thing in the world that I would want is for you to enter into eternity, enter into glory, and you say, yeah, I used to go to that church, Calvary Chapel, Almani, and they never told me about this day. This is a total surprise, you know. And, and so we want you to, to get ready for that day. You, this day is coming. All of us here one day will stand before Jesus himself, and we will give an account of our stewardship. That's how important this topic is, you know. And, and when you discover, you know, the, the whole thing uh, of stewardship, it just, it's life-changing. It, it really is. It's completely life-changing when you realize that you own nothing, that, that everything belongs to God, that there are a, a number of things that have been entrusted into your care, into your authority, into your responsibility. And we have now this obligation, this privilege, this wonderful life to then go forward and to live life as a, as a good steward. You know, Joseph the patriarch is a perfect example of what a steward was. He became a steward over Potiphar's household. He managed everything and was given the authority to rule over his house. And in that role, we see he was responsible to manage the household well. He was not to waste the resources of the family, but, but to make wise decisions. And most of you guys, I'm sure you know the story. He was uh, sold into slavery. He was then uh, brought to Potiphar's house. And we read here in, in Genesis chapter 39... Uh, notice what we read in verse 1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there, and the Lord was with Joseph, just as the Lord is with you. Right? As Christians, isn't that what Jesus said? I, I'm with you always even to the end of the age. Remember Hebrews 13.5? You know, be content with such things as you have. For himself has said, I'm, I'm with you always, right? And so the Lord was with Joseph. And, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. And so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. And, and I was reading this story about Joseph. Basically, that's what a steward is. You got this guy, he's the owner of everything, but now you set an individual as the steward of his household. And, and I don't know if you've discovered this or not, but have you ever discovered, have you, have you noticed, has it, has it hit your heart yet how God has given us so much? 
and how he has given us so much latitude, so much freedom. I mean, every day we wake up, we can do, you know, whatever we want. You know, when we get into the New Testament, we're going to see that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us his stewardship and he's kind of gone away on this journey. And, and imagine the freedom we have with this life that we've been given. You see, this is what a steward is. And this is Joseph. And we're going to see eventually that this is all of us. In in biblical times, a steward was a very highly regarded person who had proven himself to be exceptionally trustworthy. As a result, uh, a wealthy master would have complete confidence in trusting his significant possessions to the steward. And so the steward would be expected to to manage the wealth of his master in some way, the, the master, in the same way the master would manage it himself. And so... You know, basically, a a steward is one who's been entrusted with the possessions of another to use in the best interest of the owner. Not in the best interest of the steward. Not, Not what I want. What does he want? This is what a steward is. A steward should never be under the false impression that he owns any of what he's managing. If the steward begins to act like an owner he would then no longer be a qualified steward and both master and steward in the day were clear as to who the true owner was. And so, you know, when you you look at the scriptures, uh, what we find is that, you know, this this whole aspect of, of being a steward has a lot to do with just serving the God who made us as he's entrusted us with so many things. Um, some of you guys, I think, are, are a little older. You might remember, um, you know, now we call them by a different name. But do any of you guys remember the time that we used to refer to flight attendants as stewardesses? You guys remember that? Now I don't think that's politically correct to say, or I'm not sure if just the name morphed or whatever. But uh, a stewardess was one who looked after the passengers on a ship or aircraft or train and, and brought them meals that were responsible, you know, for them. And, and in one sense, that's what God has, you know, entrusted into our care. You know, when I was thinking of the whole concept of stewardship, you know, I was uh, looking uh, around and kind of researching. And right away, what you find in most Christian circles is that right away people talk about money but but in all reality, it's it's that's just like the, the 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 tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's way stewardship is way infinitely deeper than money. What we're going to find is that stewardship is everything about your life. It's everything on on planet Earth. It all belongs to Him. And so so a steward, uh, this is what it it is. And just the second point is just understanding that we all are stewards. Um, Did you know that even non-believers are are stewards? As a matter of fact, um, the steward's role is actually rooted in the principle found way back in the book of Genesis chapter 1. If you want to turn there, since we're not far away, go to Genesis chapter 1. And look at verse 26. 
says, then, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and, and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And what, what theologians find is that God gave dominion and authority and, and responsibility to all of mankind over all he had created. You know, even the fish and, and the flocks and the birds and even the bugs. It talks about the creeping things there. You ever think about the fact that we're over, we have dominion over in one sense, stewardship over the spiders, you know, stuff like that, you know. God called and commanded us to then be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And so, you know, there's that aspect for all mankind to care for all of God's creation. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, nowadays, we, you know, they see it more as an impersonal mother nature. But Christians, we know the truth that our Father God has created everything and then what he did is he created us, you know, to be stewards over everything. That, that's part of our responsibility. And it's a different concept, you know. You know, the, the Bible says in Psalm 24 and verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. And so the earth and everything on it you guys the planet the people it's all his and we need to understand that we are responsible and accountable as stewards you know i don't know if you guys recycle and i don't want to overdo it or anything like that but you know i mean i think it's 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 good to take care of our our earth you know today i brought three big old bags on babe of recyclables because we kind of don't like going down to that place but we know a brother who does, you know, and so, <laughs> but, but, you know, I don't know, I feel guilty putting the plastic bottle in, in the regular trash nowadays. I mean, I, we want to, you know, take care of this world. We don't just kill crickets, right? I mean, you don't just kill all the spiders, maybe black widows, but, you know, not the other ones, because then, you know, it's all the balance of nature, right? Now, again, some Christians are way on the other side of the spectrum. They're like, no, we've got nothing to do with, with Save the Whales. And it is true. There is that, you know, that, that camp, unfortunately. They care more about saving the whales than they do the babies. And that's, of course, not right because, you know, we are created in the image of God. That doesn't begin to compare to a, a soul. But, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We are our stewards, of this earth, this place that God has given to us. As a matter of fact, we're going to see that we need to come to this place of understanding that, that though we're stewards of everything, really. And so the earth is the Lord's and, and all its fullness, the Bible says. The, the whole wide world 
and those who dwell therein. And so um, let me ask you a question. Um, do, you, do you own your house? Is it yours? You're like, yeah, I bought it. It's paid for. It's cash. No more payments. Is that your land? Is that your life? No, it's not. It doesn't matter if you own it or rent it or whatever. It's not yours. Are, are, those, just, are, are those just your children? They're not. They're not just your children. They're his. You know, even the, the coins we carry, they're, they're really not chump change. It all belongs to God, right? The, the, the words we use, it's so important as Christians because it begins to change the, the way we live. The way we speak a lot of times changes the way we live. And so like, so I always tell you guys, you know, you shouldn't use the phrase, I'm going to church. Don't say that. Even though I know it's a, it's a saying that a lot of people use, we don't go to church. Why? Because we are the church. You know, we go to church service or maybe we go to Bible study. But even the way you say things makes a difference, right? Because then we begin to acknowledge the fact that, you know, wherever I go, me and my wife, we're praying, we're having church at home. You know, we're walking. It doesn't matter. We might even be in the middle of a of, a, of, a, of an Oakland Raiders game, even though she'd never go, but I would love to take her there. And someone would say, well, that's a bad atmosphere. No, if we're, you know, praying before our meal, then there's church. So, so we take the church with us wherever we go. God inhabits his people. So we don't say those words. We don't say, I go to church. We don't say that. And, and we don't say, you know, certain things like, um, you know, I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Uh, to believe, believe it or not, we don't even say that. A lot of people will say that, but, you know, the Bible says don't say that. Did you know that? It says that in, in James 4, in verse 13, it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears a little time and then poof, it vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. See, the way we speak, it, it, it's, it actually, you know, changes us. It, there's theology in that, uh, things that are important. We don't go to church. We are the church. And it's interesting, that passage there in James, did you notice it says, come now you who say today or tomorrow? I mean, even when I leave the house and I kiss my wife goodbye, uh, you know, I'll tell her, I know you might, you guys probably think I'm weird, but I'll say, I'll see you later, Lord willing. Because we don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow. You always have to tag it with that. Because then there's always that understanding of we don't know we'll be here tomorrow. See, the things that we say, it's so important. And so we have to change our vernacular even in things like, you know, it's, you know, my car, or it's my computer, my kid, my cash. No, it's not. And I know it's hard. Well, then, like, what are you saying? I don't know. The Lord will give you the words. But, you know, um, it's interesting when you think of this, and we're going to see this more as we go through our text tonight, but 
it, you know, it, it leads us then, you know, when you're thinking about these things, okay, man, you're, this is what a steward is, a, a house manager who's been entrusted with all these things that belong to the owner, and they're called to manage it according to the, the volition of the owner, and I'm a steward. And so one day I'll stand before God, that's what you're saying, and I'm going to give an account of my stewardship. There's going to be a day in eternity that's going to be so important. And so here's the thing. You know, what, what are the principles about stewardship that we need to walk away with tonight? And I want to just give you four things, and then we'll look at some passages that, I don't know, I'm just probably just thinking about, you know, my own day that I'm going to stand before God and, and trying to get us ready. Because one of the things about, you know, getting uh, a reward from Jesus is that it's going to bring glory to Jesus but not only that, it pleases Jesus. And that's all I want to do with my life. You know, it's not necessarily that I want a big reward when I go into the millennial kingdom and then into heaven. Although I guess there is that part of me that does because I know Jesus did motivate his followers because of the fact that he was going to bring them rewards. But it's primarily because he was nailed to a cross for me. He died for me. He made me. He redeemed me. And so if this is... What I need to do to just somehow, some way say, thank you, Jesus. Then I, I will do this. He's given me a mission. He's given me a work. He's given me a certain amount of time. He's given me his grace. He's given me his Holy Spirit. He's given me his word. He's given me his love. And so I want, I want to be a good steward. Four things, and the one we already touched on, but I just I want to encourage you to, to write it down or just hang on to this, is that we must constantly remind ourselves that it all belongs to God. Because I think we have a tendency to forget. And so it rains, right? I don't know if you guys have noticed it or not. Isn't it so cool that even lately it's been raining. And so it rains, right? But then what happens to the water? It evaporates. And that's what happens a lot of times when you're reminded of truths like this. It just kind of goes away and evaporates. Next thing you know, you're, you're back to your old ways. And so somehow, some way, we need to remind ourselves constantly because we have a tendency to forget and so, you know, when I was going through the study, I was telling Henry, you know what, I'll go ahead and share tonight. And then the other Thursdays, we're going to have different guys share next week. Man, I can't wait. Ryan's going to be here. I'm so excited about that. But, um, you know, uh, so I told him, yeah, I already have notes for tonight. And then I went on my computer, and I, I couldn't find them. I had no notes. And I'm, like, panicking, sweating bullets. I'm like, okay, we got to. But I, I thought I already knew, you know, what, is, what, it, what it was. And, and I think the Lord did it on purpose because, you know, usually when I share on stewardship in the past, I, I just share like six things and that's it. And, and then because I didn't have any notes, the Lord just, he just blew it open. And he said, it's not just six things. You know, the six things that I usually share are, number one, that we're stewards of the gang. And that's not Florida's, okay? It's in reference to the family that you have. And I believe, like to me, that's huge, man, that, you know, you have been given a, a wife or you've been given a husband. I mean, first God, then your spouse, then your children. So I think of the gang, and I know, 
you know, that in reference to the family that I'm blessed with, they're not mine, but I'm blessed with them. And I'm going to give an account uh, on what kind of a husband was, was I, what kind of a father was I, right? And so pouring into my, my family and then the gospel. So we've been entrusted with the gospel. We have to protect it. We have to preach it. We have to preserve it. You know it. He died for you. He rose again. If people place their faith in Jesus, they will be saved. It's such a simple message. And there is power not in the delivery, not in the eloquence. There is power in the message. And when you share the message, people get saved. Have you been sharing the message? We're stewards of it, of the gang, of the gospel, of the gold. And again, you look up online, you just type in stewardship, and it seems like that's all they talk about is money. But yeah, it is a part of stewardship. And so every penny you spend, remember, it all belongs to him. Are you doing with it what he wants you to do with it? Are you spending it all on yourself? Because you can't escape the day that you will stand before Jesus Christ. He's not just a carpenter. He's an accountant. And one day you will give an account. We will for every penny we spend. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. So, you know, those are are some specifics. The gang, the gospel, the gold, the gifts that we have, both natural and supernatural. You know, the things that we're born with and the things that we're born again with. You know, I love to hear Cynthia and uh, Erilyn and uh, Angel and these guys and the teachers that we have here and just the different gifts that God has given to us. I love to see that. And it wasn't that long ago that Cynthia didn't know she could play guitar. But it was in her all this time. I believe she was born with it. And then one day, I don't know how it happened, but, you know, picks up a guitar. And next thing you know, first it was a ukulele, huh? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) But, you know, it's just stuff like that. You give it back to God. You've been given a talent. You've been given a gift from who? From God who knit you together in your mother's womb. That's who. And that's why we, we're stewards of this. You know, the, the, the temple, which is our bodies, I think that's also something we've got to be stewards of. Ultimately, I believe God is the one to determine how long and how strong we live because a lot of things happen genetically and circumstantially. But, you know, we need to take care of our, our temples. Don't test God by abusing them, right? Get your rest. Get your exercise. You know, eat halfway decent. It's okay to, you know, to pig out every once in a while, man, because that's part of some strong fellowship. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you don't want to neglect that. But, you know, do do good with, with your body. And then the other thing I always talk about is, is time. You know, the gang, gospel, gold gifts, and temple and time. And uh, I just, I don't know about you, but I hate wasting time. Oh, man. But it seems like I do it all the time. So anyways, you know, we that's our life. That's the stuff that life is made of. And so be, be good stewards of that. But we have to constantly remind ourselves that it all belongs to God. And it's, it's, it's good, I think, to identify some specifics like that. But I think it's probably better and wiser to acknowledge the fact that it all belongs to God. Everything, right? I mean, my heart, my hand, it's His. 
You know, my body physically, our body congregationally, even that cat belongs to God. He likes cats. It's his, the earth, its fullness, everything in the universe. I don't know about you, but when you have other people's things, you know, you usually treat it differently. You usually take a little bit more care of it. You don't want it to, to break you don't want the kid to get hurt under your watch, that, that type of thing, you know? How, how are, are we treating his children? How am I spending his money? You know, God gave me the gospel to give to others, and the question is, am I doing that? It, it all belongs to God. As a matter of fact, uh, turn to 1 Corinthians 6. And it's important for us to know that even we belong to God. Look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. And so, you know, we, we have to constantly remind ourselves of that, that, that you know, we are, 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 are not our own, that, that, you know, everything belongs to God, right? We have to remind ourselves uh, of these things. And so that's the first thing I think that will help in our stewardship. The second thing is that we must constantly remind ourselves that we're going to give an account one day. And I, I don't know, but you know, you're just getting ready for that day. You're constantly thinking of it, right? Uh, keep in mind and heart that wherever there's responsibility given to us from God, there's always accountability to God. And so, you know, God's going to sift through your life. He's going to sift through all those things. The Bible talks about how it's going to go into the fire. It will be scrutinized with Jesus' eyes of omniscience. Everything is going to go in there. And, and so, you know, you read 1 Corinthians 3 and you read 1 Corinthians 4. You know, and, and, and I don't know, I'm just, I really want to get ready for that day. And so you're, you're just understanding, you know, your stewardship. We have to get ready for that day. There will be an evaluation. And then there will either be a commendation or, you know, maybe not. Maybe not so good. All dependent on what we do with this life. You know, a large part of good stewardship is to acknowledge God's ownership, our responsibility, and then the heavy accountability. So... Want to be good stewards? Number one, remind yourself that it all belongs to God, everything. And then number two, remind yourself constantly that one day you will give an account. You can't escape it. Some of you here, you're, you run pretty fast. <laughs> you can't escape this. Remind yourself of that. Two memories and then two mandates. And so number one mandate is to be faithful. Be faithful. Turn to, to 1 Corinthians 4. 
hopefully we're not far away right here in 1 Corinthians 4. Look what it says in verse 1. It says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. There's that word stewards. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It doesn't say that you, you have to be found even as successful. It doesn't really say that. You know, you don't have to be famous or flamboyant. You just, for God, is just saying, all I want is that, is that you're faithful. Now, what does faithful mean? I mean, faithful is, is, is steady on. Faithful is loyal. Faithful is consistent. Not hit and miss. Not once in a while. It's, there's, there's a steadiness to that, that person. You know, they're, they're just constantly, consistently, faithfully doing the right thing, pleasing God in their stewardship. That's all. You know, it's not, it's not sloppy agape. It's just faithfulness. And, and, and you'll see that throughout a lot of the texts that we study. You know, there's another passage in 1 Corinthians. You might want to write it down. It's the manifold grace of God. And so what are your gifts? If you don't know what they are, discover them, develop them, and deploy them. When Cynthia found out that she could play guitar, she started practicing. She started strumming. Thank God the Lord gave her a desire to do that. And eventually... You know, it's just such a, such a blessing to see what God does with that. You can't just sit in the pews. You have to exercise those gifts. And so, and again, sometimes I know it's out there, but make sure that with the gifts that God has given to you, that you're faithfully serving the Lord. Um, if you go to Matthew 25, Notice what we read in verse 14. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Now this is uh, like this is like, like core stewardship scriptures. I mean, this is really the heart of, of it, how Jesus has given to us, you know, talents, and, and you know, he's he's a kind of a way, so to speak, you know, physically, right? And so it says in, in verse sixteen, then he who had received the five talents went and he traded with them, and he made another five talents, and, and likewise he had received two, gained two more, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's money, and after a long time. The Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And so he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. And his Lord said to him, well done. And, and you can talk to almost any Christian. I mean, someone like Billy Graham, someone like Chuck Smith, and I bet you almost everyone in this room, and they will tell you that this is what 
they want to hear when they die and they go to glory. Well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, that's what we read right there. You have, you have, become, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And so more than likely, if you're faithful now with the stewardship that's been given to you, that will result in more responsibilities in the millennial kingdom, and some even believe forever. So, so here the Lord gives him that commendation, the guy that had five, you know, he got five more, and then verse uh, 24, then he had received the one talent came, I'm sorry, I've got to go earlier, right? Is that where I'm at? 22. Okay, and he who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents beside them. And the Lord said to him, same words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And then there's this heavy warning in verse 30, and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, when you, when you look at this passage right here, and it's interesting how a talent, I mean, this is a lot. I mean, they, they say it was 75 pounds. It was about 20 uh, years of wages for the average working man. And here we see the Lord gives to these guys different amounts. And all he asks, all he asks from them is that they would be faithful you know uh, when i read the text uh I, I was thinking the guy was afraid though lord i mean he was he was just afraid and and i wonder i was kind of thinking well, lord wouldn't you be compassionate with him because he was afraid and and i don't know how all that works maybe you're here and you're afraid but the lord didn't seem to see it that way he saw it as wickedness he saw it as, as laziness. It was the antithesis to faithfulness. And so for us, we have to guard ourselves against fear. What's the most common command in the Bible? Do not be afraid. Right? Why? It's probably because it's the most common struggle we have. We're afraid. We're, we're afraid even sometimes to follow the Lord. And so we have to guard ourselves against these things because it's all part of the stewardship that we've been, we've been given. 
here's a guy, and we don't know for sure, maybe part of it was that he was afraid to work hard. Some people are afraid to work hard. They, the reason why some Christians don't pray, a lot of times, is because they're lazy. And, and prayer, how important is prayer? You know, prayer is a tough thing to do. You want to know why? Because your flesh hates it. You know, and the devil will fight it tooth and nail. But when you work hard, you're going to see God begin to work in you and through you. When you begin to discover your prayer life, when you, when you pray obediently, never give up on that. A lot of times what happens in the church is we just don't want to work hard, huh? It kind of reminds me of that, that bicycle that didn't want to stand up on its own. You want to know why? Because it was too tired, I guess. I just thought, man, a lot of times Christians are just, they're like that, huh? <laughs> so, so four things, um, and I'm going to close with this. Um, I want to encourage you to remember, constantly remind yourself it all belongs to God. Constantly remind yourself that you will stand before Jesus one day and give an account. And then, and then the, the two memories and then the two mandates, be faithful. Be faithful, not hit and miss, not sporadic. Be consistent, be obedient, be faithful. And then the second thing is, is to be wise. And, and in closing, we'll look at a couple of passages real quick in the Gospel of Luke. In chapter 12, and we could read more, but I just want to try to finish up here in verse uh, 42 of Luke 12. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? So, so, Two memories and then two mandates. I want to encourage you to, to be faithful and to be wise. And then we see the same thing in Luke 19, 11 through 27. And again, we don't have time to turn there, but I do encourage you when you get a chance, you read through that whole parable. And in, 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 the, in the, the parable with the talents, each one was given, you know, differing amounts. But in the parable of the minas of Luke 19, Everyone was only given one. And, and when, I, when I read it, you know what I think about, you guys? Our life. We've all been given only one life. Soon it will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. You know, when you read uh, Luke uh, chapter 19, 11 through 27, you see basically the same thing. And what Jesus comes is, he, he, you know, he comes back and he requires an account uh, from the people, and what we need to do is be wise, obedient, and ready stewards of Christ. What do you think of when you when you when you think of wisdom? When when God was speaking to Solomon and He said, "I'll give you anything you want, anything you want." You guys remember what Solomon asked for? He asked for wisdom, and literally in the Hebrew language, what it is, what he asked for is a hearing heart. For, for our life, what do we do? You listen to Jesus. 
You listen to him from your heart. That's where wisdom is found. And, 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 and as you do that, then you'll, you're going to be a faithful and wise steward. And then one day, when you stand before Christ, and we're going to be there, and I don't know how it's all going to you know, play out. You know, I, I wonder, is it going to be on a big screen, Lord? Can I, can I be there when... You know, my wife is up there, and can I watch and, you know, clap for her or whatever? And I don't know how it's all going to work, but, um, you know, one day when we're there, uh, we'll be blessed. So prayerfully, you guys, we have that heart uh, of stewardship. Let me close with one last story. It was about this time when God was looking at earth, and he kind of wanted to know what kind of stewards were down there, what kind of people were down on earth. And so... uh, According to this story, which it doesn't come from the Bible, but it's kind of a cool story, is that God sent an angel down to earth uh, to check on the people of earth to find out if they were faithful stewards. And so the angel went back to heaven and the angel said, uh, I went down and I checked and 95% are not faithful stewards, only 5% are. And so God was kind of surprised. So he sent another angel down to earth to check on the stewardship of planet earth. And again, the angel came back and he said, I have the same results. Uh, 95% are unfaithful and only 5% are, are faithful. And so God said, okay, well, uh, the, it takes three witnesses. I'm going to send one more angel down. And sure enough, the angel comes down, he checks planet earth, and he finds that 95% of the people on planet earth are, are not faithful, and only 5% are. And so God was, you know, a, a little grieved by this. And so he said, well, in that case, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour into the 5% that are faithful. And so you know what God decided to do? He sent them an email. He sent them an email. And do you know what the email said? You didn't get it either. You didn't get the email either, huh? Neither did I. Listen. (laughs) My prayer is that we would get the email.